we're helping our clients get really clear about what, do you, what is the business you're trying to create? Who is that ideal client? And let's craft some simp a, a, a simple, repeatable process or plan that enables you to get in front of your ideal client consistently with a message that quickly earns their attention and interest, leads them to want to have a sales conversation with you or to a sales page or webinar, depending on what you're selling and what the best way of actually selling it is, uh, and to want to buy from you and work with you. You're listening to the Catching Clients podcast, where the smartest minds from the world of professional services and marketing come and share the strategies that they use to consistently attract and catch their ideal big fish clients so you can learn to do the same. So grab your gear and join me, Adam King, the captain at Think Like a Fish and creator of the client catching ecosystem, and let's go fishing. Hello, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, I've got to tell you, as a bit of a marketing geek myself, I'm pretty excited right now. That's because today I'm talking to someone who I, I consider one of my genuine marketing heroes. And so to be able to welcome him onto my podcast, it's a real honor for me. But more importantly, it's a massive benefit to you listening. Because today I'm talking to Dove Gordon. Now, Dove excels at helping consultants and experts get ideal clients consistently. But as valuable as this is for so many people that he works with, it really doesn't tell the whole story about why I class him as one of my, my marketing heroes. See, for me, it's, it's Dov's ability to find simplicity on the other side of complexity that makes him stand out. He really has this unique ability to explain hard-to-grasp concepts so they actually make sense, you can take action, and then use them to grow your business. And personally, as, um, as an introvert who can at times be painfully shy and has struggled really to, to stand out in a, in a world of extroverts and selfies, I find Dov's approach a breath of fresh air. See, just from his content and other interviews he's done on podcasts like The Art of Charm, Duct Tape Marketing and Stefan Spencer's Marketing Speak, which is where I first discovered him, he's made a serious impact on how I view marketing and, and it's really why I have such respect for him. So if you're one of the millions of introverted professionals who are great at what they do, but they prefer to let their expertise, knowledge and work do the talking for them, then I have a feeling you're going to love what Dov has to say. And look, I'll, I'll do my best not to go all weird fanboy on him and all that kind of thing, but I, I honestly make no promises. So Dov, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Uh, thank you, Adam. It's great to be here. I'm honored. I, I, I will uh, simply repeat the, the compliment by pointing out that the old saying that it takes one to know one, uh, I think is true. I think it takes a wise man to recognize wisdom because the fool hears wisdom and calls it foolish. So. Um, Oh, take that. How's that? There you go. Well, I've, I've probably been called a fool more than I have a wise man in my time. So that's nice to hear. Thanks very much, Dov. I appreciate it. So, Dov, for, for those that might not know who you are, why don't you give us a little bit of a, a, a quick background on who you are and um, how you got to where you are today? Well, um, I am a work in progress today. I suppose I've always been and always will be. So definitely a work in progress. But uh, I'm going back to, uh, what was it, 2019, going back to 2002, I was uh, married with, without any idea of like what I was really going to do to support the, support the family. And I had been studying business since age uh, 13 when I discovered the business and self-help sections in the libraries. Uh, and at some point, I'd come across the idea of business coaching. So I enrolled myself in a business coaching program. Uh, it was about two years I started getting clients pretty soon into that. Not that I had a clue what I was doing. I really didn't. 
And over the next uh, seven years or so, I was really pushing boulders uphill, trying really hard, you know, knowing that I had a lot to offer, uh, not having a clue as to really how to market and sell it. Uh, eventually, I started to come to understand a lot of what I had missed all along the way and recognize that there are many people like me who are really good at what they do, but they're not natural marketers or salespeople. They're not necessarily looking to become the next online celebrity. They're not even necessarily looking to make millions and millions for themselves. They, they're probably looking to make a good six-figure-plus uh, take-home income. You know, that, that's what they want left for themselves. They want to have flexibility to do great work with great clients, make that great income with some, uh, some, some time for their families. I think that's what most people are looking for, not the multi-seven-figure and scale empire that we see talking about. And I just felt over the years that, that that's, my, that's what I love really focusing on. I love working with people like that who are you know, where I used to be in terms of finding it difficult to talk about what you do in a way that makes your ideal client instantly get it, you know, connect, resonate, understand what you can do for them. And, um, you know, that's it. And, you know, I've been fortunate to, over time, to find my voice, so to speak, you know, so I don't, I don't feel a need to imitate or copy anybody else. And really, I seem to be good at getting to the, the root of things, you know, where there's a tendency to overcomplicate things, especially in education, you know, the online education spaces. If I can make this seem more complicated, then that justifies what I want to charge you and do with you. There's a lot of that. I found that the real value is to eliminate. You know, if I can eliminate the complexity for somebody, I'm playing the other side. And, and I'm by, by suffering through many different challenges and problems and, and recognizing that that's actually, that's just part of life is to suffer through it, to deeply understand what was the cause and what can I do to fix things? What did I do? And then distill that down so that I can share that with others to save them from some of the challenges and suffering of life. I, I don't think that any of us can actually get, get away from all of it. That's just part of life. But we can all certainly, I think part of why we're here is to make it a little bit easier for others around us. and. And the irony is that in the process, it forces us to, to grow personally. You know, the only way that I can be more valuable to you, to contribute something to you, forces me to grow myself. And in, it's just uh, it, it's quite a, a marvelous dynamic when you think about it. And um, yeah, here we are. There's so much in there that um, I could try and touch on. But I think the interesting thing for me that stood out was when you talk about finding your voice, certainly when it comes to marketing if, and the people that I think, you know, that you work with that are experts, that they have skills, they have an expertise, it's very much them tends to be the face of the business. And so the person that they are is not always different from the business and they need to find their voice in a way that they can go out into the world in a way that doesn't make them want to vomit because it's not authentic and it's not the way that they want to show up, but also in a way that grabs the attention of the people they actually want to serve. So how do you help people balance that dichotomy that can sometimes be going on in, in clients? Well, you know, I, most of, you know, not most of us, but all of us are naturally authentic. To me, the idea of be authentic is, I, I don't really understand why that's profound because just be yourself. I, I know that some people have a hard time with it and I can understand it, but I think it's because we're entering a situation where we lack confidence, we lack clarity, a clear process or plan that we actually believe in. And so we're looking around and asking people, well, what do I need to do? I've got these valuable skills. How do I get clients? It's not as easy as I thought it would be, right? Here's look at my banking out. There's proof. 
or look, you know, I've just been kind of really just struggling, working really hard and I'm not, I, maybe I have clients, but I don't have the kind of clients that I really want. That's proof. So there are different, you know, people are at different levels. I actually, we work with people who are getting started, people who are mid six figures and people who are doing seven figures or even more. The, a lot of the problems are very much the same root cause at different, you know, at, at different, at those various different levels when it comes to marketing and sales and so on. So I think that, that we have to realize if you've mastered your craft, you know, if, if people are good at what they do, whatever it is, you put in time and energy and effort over several years or perhaps many years or decades to master your craft. And then one day you decide, I want to leave the corporate world. I want to do my own thing. We call those corporate refugees and we work with many corporate refugees who've done really well in the corporate world and they go out and they discover that, um, hmm, you know, actually, I, I thought I could do this for myself. I thought it would be a lot better, but it turns out uh, it, it requ- it, it's pulling me in many different directions and requiring me to do all sorts of things that I didn't realize I'd have to do. I thought people would line up because I'm really good, but then you discover that people will not line up to pay you just because you're really good. Even if you're better than those, they are lining up to pay. You have to learn and master the marketing and sales pieces. I think what we need to realize is, first of all, there is, you know, people act as they, they ask the question, what should I do? What should I do? Like, should I do this? Should I do that? That's not the kind of question they would ask in their domain of expertise. In a domain of expertise, whether it's a heart surgeon, uh, a, um, uh, uh, an agriculture engineer who, you know, we, a client who's an agricultural engineer who we've helped go from almost nothing to, um, hundreds of thousands or like five, six hundred thousand in sales. And then after working with us, he moved on and he's, he's now doing several million dollars a year in sales. Um, still using the things that we developed with him several years ago. Um, a, an innovation process expert, you know, people like you don't, you don't get good at these types of things by waking up and saying, well, what should I do to be this kind of expert? You have to understand the thinking. There's a lot of nuance and subtlety in all these things. You understand some of the existing thinking. You have to go out there and, and live it and do it. And then you have to, you have to own it. At the end of the day, it's by living it, by applying what the things you've learned from others and then making your own distinctions, making your own observations and then living that that's what has given you the mastery of your craft that makes you valuable as a consultant or expert when it comes to marketing and sales it is also a nuanced set of skills and you have to approach it with the same respect yet we have very smart people who just because they're not natural marketers or salespeople, they don't recognize that and they wake up and there are so many people who are promising us hey it's easy just do this that and that and you can also work five hours a week or whatever from the beach, travel around and, you know, have all these different homes and vacations around the world and these great cars. It's easy. Just do what I did. But that's not, that's not true. It's not easy. Just do what I did because there's uh, these are nuanced sets of skills and you're going to have to learn certain basic ideas and principles, just like you did in your core craft. You're going to have to apply them in your way, learn from that, what works, what doesn't, and distill those lessons so that your level of skill goes up. And what we do with our clients is rather than give them you know, um, empty promises, we say there's a critical 10% of marketing and selling skills that will give you 90% of what you want. Let's zero in. Let's put away all the, the distractions, all the shiny objects. Let's go back to the basics, like the black belt who is largely, you know, apparently, uh, I'm not a black belt, so not, not a brown belt or even a green belt, so, but apparently 
they are still, you know, at, at those high levels, they are um, still everything they're doing is, is uh, built upon the same fundamental moves that the white belt is taught. So let's go back to the basics. It's not about what should I do? Should I build an autoresponder? Should I start a podcast? Should I do a webinar? Should I advertise? Should I publish? Those are all the tactical, superficial. Those are the those are kind of the higher up levels. But if you don't have the foundation underneath that, then none of that is going to work. But I came to notice that every one of these tactics could work and everyone could fail, right? You can find someone who wrote a book, they published a book, and they tell you that was the best thing they did for their business. Everyone should write a book. And you can find many, many, many more people who have written books and they'll come and tell you, wow, uh, no one's bought it. It's sitting here. No one wants it. No one, right? And, and it's a total failure. And when you recognize that, you realize, as I did, that every tactic could work, every tactic could fail. The question is, when it works, why does it work? When it fails, why does it fail? That's the question you want to ask because that starts to help you. That starts to direct you to deeper understanding of insight. And, and I haven't jumped in before because there's so much that you're saying in there that's so, so important. That there's so much insight and so much wisdom in it. It's, it comes down to a similar thing that I often say. It's that the right strategy can re replace a thousand tactics. And that's the problem a lot of the time when it comes to marketing today, because there are thousands of ways of generating business, thousands of tactics you can use. But it all comes down to a core foundation and a strategy that dictates which of those are the right ones to select and use. Do you, do you generally follow a, a strategy that you have preset or do you work with that with the client and then help them select the tactics? Well, to me, strategy just means there's, you know, strategy doesn't mean a plan in my, in my view. All right. So there's, uh, um, you know, it's not like there is a specific strategy to me. Strategy is, is getting a very clear idea as to what are you trying to create? What does the business look like when it's successful? I'll just throw this out. Uh, strategy to me is basic answers to the following questions. Number one, what are the products you're going to offer and not offer? Number two, what are the markets you're going to serve and not serve? Number three, um, how, what is your competitive advantage? Which means, how do those, how do they, how do they need to perceive you in order to want to do business with you? Those customers that you do plan to serve, those markets you plan to serve, they need to perceive you a certain way. Uh, number four, what is the uh, financial return that you're looking to? Uh, what is the minimum financial return you're looking to uh, to create, really? And then number five. What we've just done, by the way, the way I see those, those are four questions on four sides of a canvas, so to speak. And that's you, I call that the, the, uh, the square target. That is you describing the target that you're after, the business you want to create. And then <clears throat> alongside is what is the, what are the capabilities that you need? The two or three areas you need to be really good to create that competitive advantage. So those ideal clients want to buy your products and service, giving you the, at least the financial return you're looking for. Those are the most basic when it comes to strategy. And that's why I distill it down to a series of questions. What are the questions that we need answers to? Because that gives us the clarity that we're looking for at the end of the day. So what, what, what do we help our clients with? As, as you said, at the end of the day, I mean, what does that actually mean? We're helping our clients get really clear about what, do you, what is the business you're trying to create? Who is that ideal client? And let's craft some simp a, a, a simple, repeatable process or plan that enables you to get in front of your ideal client consistently with a message that quickly earns their attention and interest, leads them to want to have a sales conversation with you or to a sales page or webinar, depending on what you're selling and what the best way of actually selling it is, uh, and to want to buy from you and work with you. So 
what I've discovered, and I think you've come across this in some of my work, is that that process really just boils down to answering, leading your ideal client to answer yes to three questions in a row. We can go into that. But before we do, I, I just want to say this. Stephen Covey said many years ago that, um, how do you say it? Is that, that in order to say no to all the distractions on the outside, you've got to have a deeper yes burning on the inside. And he was talking, I believe, about uh, time management, I think. Hmm. Um, the same is true when it comes to a simple marketing and selling system. Most of us, we're running in so many different directions. We're overwhelmed trying to implement way too many things. And most of them were not doing well. We'd be, right? And why is it that we hit a wall while trying one thing and we bounce off and go try something else? It's because we don't have that simple Yes. We need to have a yes burning on the inside. What does that mean in terms of marketing? If you have a simple, repeatable plan that puts you in front of potential clients and leads them along to where they want to talk with you and then work with you, you, have, you don't need a hundred different things to do. You don't need 10 or even five, one or two. If you can do one or two things consistently, repeatedly, and it puts you in front of your ideal clients, uh, draws them toward into a conversation with you and many of them then want to work with you you don't you, then you can easily say no to everything around you yeah it's like great sculptors isn't it it's, it's not about what you add it's what you take away i think um, i can't remember which one said that but it's very much yeah. along the same sort of idea it's you're not going to have time to do everything it's more about what you don't do it's it's what yeah. are the fundamentals and the principles the activities that i can do are consistent and get really 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 good at it so that I can start to be able to see patterns and trends emerging on the, once I'm in executing and implementing on that, so that I can optimize and improve. And one of the, and one of the, the reasons why people spend months and, and years going in circles is because they're asking, well, what should I do? Rather than when it works, why does it work? Which I can explain in terms of the three, three questions you need to answer. Uh, I think it was Michael, was it... Um, Leonardo da Vinci and, and the sculptor David, I think that's who the story is told about. Um, now, hopefully I got the artist and the art correct over there, or if not, then I'm sure someone I, will I know very me. little about art. I just uh, remember reading that when I was uh, doing something. And my no, wife that's a good quote. And, you know, Steve Jobs said the same thing. I don't remember the precise quote, but he said the point is that that um, real creation, I think, has to do, is saying no. You've got to say no to far more than you say yes to. And if you're a one-person business, if you're a small firm, even if you're a big company, you've got to say no. It's starting with the end in mind. It's going to where you want to be and then working backwards and, and using you, you know, the way that you do it is asking the right questions. Because, again, I, I remember something, uh, an interview or, or seeing something about the founder of IBM. And obviously IBM, huge. And it's Tom Watson, I think his name. He was being asked, how did IBM grow as it did and doing it along the way? And, and he actually turned around and he said, we've always been IBM. From the very first day, we were IBM. Everything yeah. we did meant that we behaved, we showed up, we operated like the IBM that you now know, even when we were really small. And that helped us answer the questions in the right way that we needed as we grew and went forward because we were already there. Yeah, I read that IBM. somewhere as well, and I wish I could remember as well because that was a really good story that I hadn't thought of in many years. But that's, that's, that's the whole idea of the way I think about it is that there are only three things you ever really need to be clear on at every, at any moment. You need to be really clear on your ultimate destination. What are you trying to create? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? Where do you want to get to and why? Like, what does it actually look like to the best of your ability? I don't, you know, I don't think it makes sense to get stuck on, you know, a perfect 
description. It's about clarity, about standards, I think. Um, what does that actually look like? Number two, how do you need to be as a person to naturally fit into that picture, that future video, that future movie, right? Just like, um, you know, if, if you're looking ahead three years from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, as the, as the, the Tom Watson story goes, uh, and you ask yourself, well, how do I need to be as a leader, as a consultant, as an expert to naturally fit into that picture? It's going to be, you need to be a different person, a different version of yourself than you are today. Must be, or, or it just will not fit. Mm -hmm. If you are being the one you are, uh, the way you are today in that future picture, it will be like having um, Elvis Presley in a movie that's, that's staged that actually takes place in 2019, right? Yeah. It, it cannot be something's off because he's been dead for many years. So it cannot be. You have to do that. And so that's the second thing is get, get a clear picture. How do you need to be as a person? And I think that's Tom Watson's idea, those two points. And the last point is also Tom Watson's point. Yeah, the, the last thing we need to keep in mind to be clear about is, okay, what is my next small step? I don't need to know the step after that. I need to know what is the next small step that will take me towards what I'm trying to create. And the hard part is now take that step the way the future version of you would do. And again, that's the point that I hear Tom Watson making. And for all I know, maybe, maybe that's where I first heard this, this concept in that story and then distilled it down to those three things. I have no idea. That's how so much of, you know, the way that we think and, 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 and sort of come up with ideas, you know, it comes from so many different places and you never know. And I, I, I've certainly been guilty of, of a lot of that, you know, staying small through not really knowing how to be any different. A lot of it is, is mental and it's internal and it, you know, I'm, I'm that sort of natural introvert and, and don't like to go out and be everywhere, put my life everywhere on and that kind of thing. So that's the part that I've had to struggle with. And I've been asking myself those sorts of questions. Who do I need to be in the future? knowing that I cannot stay like this, which is a big reason for this podcast, for example. That was one of my answers. My next small step was, right, okay, I need to figure out how to set it up and do the next step and start booking people on and that kind of thing. And it's, that's how it's going. I know where I want to go now. For all the marketing ideas that you can throw at people, I don't think any of it is necessarily as important as these pieces. Understanding where you want to go, getting very, very clear on the type of person you want to solve a problem to, and then figuring out how do I actually then just go out and reach reach them and do it in a way that speaks their language. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Dov, I want to take a quick break before we sort of dive in and, and really start um, picking your brains more. So um, we're going to do that now and we'll be back in a, in a couple of minutes. Hey, this is Adam. Hope you're really enjoying this episode of the Client Catching Podcast. Wanted to let you know about something I've just released. It's called A Quietly Powerful Guide for Professional Introverts and Curious Extroverts. How to Stand Out and Attract Clients in a World of Extroverts and Selfies. Now that is available on the listener bonus page, which is thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. There's also a bonus video walkthrough of the guide itself that you can watch if reading isn't your thing, uh, which you'll, you, you'll get access to after you've, um, you've, you've got your copy. So take a look at that and let me know what you think. But before you do that, let's get back to today's guest. Okay, welcome back. We're talking to Dove Gordon. So um, Dove, why don't we start to explore a little bit about what goes into a marketing and sales system? How do you, how do you approach a marketing and selling system? Right, great. So when you ask most people, what's, what, you know, what's um, the purpose? Any system, of course, has a purpose. We need to recognize that right away. Uh, and, and of course, the jargon is a marketing funnel. That's what we all care about. You need, you need your marketing funnel, your sales, your sales funnel. And you ask somebody, why do you need a marketing funnel? 
And usually the answers I get would be along the lines of, well, it's to fill your pipeline. It's to close deals. It's to make sales. And all that's true. The problem is that none of that helps you understand what to do next. And that's why we can nod our heads in agreement. Yes, of course. Yes, I need to. Um, I needed a marketing funnel so I could fill my pipeline, make sales, close deals. And now what should I do? And that's where we end up getting the mixed advice. You, you, need, you need a rebrand, you need a personal brand, rebrand, um, publish a book, a podcast, website. And, you know, all of these are good, you know, especially podcasting, which I, I know you, you're involved with. But they all could work and they all could fail. And the challenge is being overwhelmed, not knowing what to do. So I, I stepped back many years ago and I asked myself, okay, when they work, why does it work? When it fails, why does it fail? And I realized that every single tactic, when it works, is leading your ideal client to answer yes, yes, and yes to three very specific questions that pop up in their minds in sequence. When they fail, it's because at some point they answer no. The, 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 if they answer no to the first question, they're off. That's it. Never even think about the second question. If they answer no to the second question, then they never think of the third. If they answer no to the third question, they're also gone. But yes, yes, and yes, congratulations, you have a new sale. So what are those three questions? Well, the first question that your ideal client asks when they come across you, however they come across you, maybe you're speaking at a conference, maybe they hear me on a podcast like this one, right? So, um, or they read an article or a blog post, or they see that you're interviewed in some, some media somewhere. The first question they ask themselves is, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? Should I pay attention? Is it interesting? And if their brain concludes no, they're gone. Nope, not interesting. And that can happen in a split second. So you lose them, you lose them. Next is uh, if they conclude yes, that is interesting, then instantly they have a second question. Their second question is, okay, you got me interested, but who are you? Can I trust you? Are you for real? Second question is, can I trust you? The rest and, are just and is, there, is there a difference, do you see, between a, a, attention and interest? Because... Everyone's yeah, fine for attention, but there's, I, uh, is there a subtle difference, do you think, between attention and interest? Yeah, so, so what I was going to do is lay, lay out the three questions and I'll come back to the first one, right? So the first question, should I pay attention? Is it interesting, right? And there's, there's two, you, you bring up an important point. We'll get back to that. Second question is, can I trust you? You got me interested, but can I trust you? And the third question is, okay, I see I can trust you. Yes, I can trust you. Is what you recommend right for me? Is what you recommend right for me? And if they answer yes to that third question, congratulations, now you have a new client. So going back to, right, and, and that's the flow. Mm. Every tactic could work. Every tactic could fail. Every marketing system built around a tactic could work as long as it's successfully leading people to answer yes, yes, and yes. If you do that, it'll be fine. So going back to the first question, we can go a little deeper. First question, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? And so you, 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 you pointed out that attention and interest are not the same. There's a difference. So a lot of things will get your attention. You know, if, if, um, if you hear a loud noise suddenly, that's going to get your attention and you'll forget momentarily that we're recording a podcast, right? You'll kind of, you know, if it's really loud um, and close by, right? Yeah. So you will, you know, that will get your attention. As soon as you realize it was nothing, then you go back to what you were doing. But Interest is when it causes you to change your plans. So, for example, let's say you and I are, are at a, a, some kind of a conference. We're walking past all the exhibitor booths. And all of them want not just our attention but our interest. 
and we see different signs or different gimmicks and so on to get our attention and we look at most of them and we keep walking but then there's one sign that gets our attention and our interest and we look at each other and we say let's go have a look because that didn't just get it so we were walking straight this way but it gets our attention and our interest we change our plans we turn to the right and we head in that direction because we're interested and then if it's if it is about something we're interested then the next question we want to is well okay this is interesting but can i trust you are you for real do you actually care about us or are you just looking to sell me something do you know your stuff maybe you care but you're incompetent those are several questions related to can i trust you generally it's like do you have my interest at heart and do you have the competence right once they conclude yes that you actually seem to care and you certainly seem competent then the third question is is what you recommend right for me because when we trust somebody who can solve oh, well actually let me let's, who can solve a problem we have and don't want result we want don't have which i'll come back to in a moment then we uh, automatically want to know wow you really get me and you seem to know your stuff what do you recommend um, and is what you recommend right for me okay because we assume that if you get me if you understand me you probably also know what to do and that's just the way we're wired and marketing and sales is about working within the way we're wired so we said that um, get their attention and interest what are there are a lot of things that can get attention right but interest which leads you to change your plans the good news is I realized many years ago that there are only two things that get your ideal clients interest there are only two things that get anybody's interest and that is if you're talking about one a problem they have and don't want and or two a result they want and don't have if you talk about your methodology if you talk about how smart you are if you talk about where you graduated if you talk about anything else it doesn't get their attention and their interest again to get the interest of your ideal clients that they change their plans and they head towards you you need to talk about a problem they have and don't want and or a result they want and don't have that result could be a change they want and don't have an experience they want and don't have and, and talk and about any of those dove to to really listen back to that if they need to because that was the first thing um or the, the the thing that when i first came across your work and i heard you explain that it was the most simplistic yet powerful way of explaining what your marketing needs to do in terms of communication and i hadn't seen it described in that way anywhere before and if you just from nothing else from 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 what Dove says, if you take that to heart and you go back and you look at what you do and how you communicate what you do, that alone will make a, hum, a huge difference to the effectiveness of your marketing and also the way you think about your marketing. So I just wanted to point that out because I've, I found that incredibly insightful. Oh, thank you. Excellent. Yeah, a lot of people have told me things like that. It's been a light bulb moment for, I don't know, probably hundreds of thousands of people by now, maybe more. No, so yeah, so you've got the problem you, um, the problem someone has that they don't want, or they they a desire or a result that they want but don't yet have. Right, and and what you do is you need to get a level of understanding or deep insight into your ideal client around that problem result. Like, what is the problem they have and the want result they want them to have that you can help solve? And the thing is that the mistake to make is uh, there are a few mistakes people make and this is one of the areas where we we really do help our clients distill discern what is the problem to focus on what is the result to focus on and then how to craft that into what we call a simple compelling head-turning message and then how to build a simple marketing and selling system 
on top of that because that's the root. Okay. A lot of people get stuck with their, their client avatar. You know, there's there, I had a client who came to me once and he, he had spent $10,000 with some consultant, uh, and I think over a couple of days where they worked through his client avatar and he ended up with this document that he couldn't use because you do not need to know all about your ideal client. You don't need to know that they're between 35 and 55. They drive this car and they have this number of kids and a dog and a cat and they, and they read this and they, you don't have to know all that stuff. There's a time and a place for that level of complexity, but most of us will never hit that in our businesses. Okay. Most of us have much, you know, there's so much more that we can harvest long before we get there. It's great for large companies, but small companies don't need that because all you need to know, right? It, right this, this, uh, this avatar idea, the focus on a niche, it just gets so overly complicated for, uh, without necessity. Keep it simple. Because there's a um, um, Robert Collier, Collier, Robert Collier, I think it was. You know, anyone who's studied direct marketing has probably heard this quoted. I never read, read his book, but uh, it's a quote from a book by Robert Collier who says that uh, good advertising enters the conversation going on in the mind of the ideal client. And good advertising enters the conversation. What does that mean? What is the conversation going on in the mind of the ideal client, the buyer? It's the same as a conversation going on in our minds. You know, what are we thinking about nearly all the time? We're thinking about a problem we have and don't want, a result we want and don't have, a very specific problem and result. And this is, I started getting into one of the problems that mistakes people make is that they, you know, they, 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 they're afraid of being too focused, too specific about a problem. Because if I talk about how I can help with this narrow problem, now I'll give some examples in a minute then people won't realize that I can also help them with that other thing. And therefore, what we do is we say, well, what do we do? I'm a marketing consultant. I'm a leadership consultant. I'm a whatever. And, and then we sound like everybody else because we're trying to cover all of our bases. But the fact is that you're failing question one. They're going to answer no because when you add to a client, here's that you're a leadership consultant, that they're, they're, they think to themselves, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? And they think no. We've worked with many of them and, you know, somewhat, you know, maybe a little bit of progress, but. And also I people have preconceived ideas about what that is. Yeah. And maybe they've either, as you say, been through it. Yes. Or maybe they'll, you know, think, well, I don't need any leadership training because I'm pretty awesome. Even though most of the time, if you're thinking that, you definitely need that kind of thing. Um, and or even for their yeah. people. Yeah. Right? So, so, for example, so, I, you know, we have a client that we help come up with a much better um message. You know, I, I told her, I said, make a list of the problems you can help solve, the results that you can enable. And I, and I want specifics on the list. And I look over her list and I said, there, that, you can build a business on that. And I don't remember exactly what she wrote, but what we turned it into was I help companies solve the problems they have from that employee who's too valuable to fire. Okay. And this was a few years ago. I just used it as a great example. We've done probably hundreds of other excellent ones since then, but I don't have to remember them all. I do have a few listed, so if we, if we get to it, I can give some more examples. But, um, but like, think about that. You know, imagine that, that you're the CEO of a $500 million a year business. And, and, of course, you need some leadership consulting for your company. You need some kind of – there's a need for that. And you're talking to – you're introduced to two consultants at some event. One, uh, you ask them, well, what do you do? Because you're being polite. One says, I'm a leadership consultant. And you think to yourself, okay, Next. And then you turn to my client, you ask her, and she says, well, I help companies solve the problems they have from that employee who's too valuable to fire. 
And suddenly you're thinking about all those employees who you'd rather not fire, but you'd like to get them working, right? Or working together or working towards the same direction and, or whatever the issues are. And you think, well, that's interesting. Tell me a little more. What, what, what do you actually do? What kind of situations do you work with? And that leads my client, right? So what you, what, what, what's happened is my client, because of her simple, compelling message, which is rooted not in what she does, but in a, in a deep understanding of the problem they have and don't want, the result they want and don't have, turning that into a simple, compelling, head-turning message, that leads the ideal client who comes across her to answer yes to question number one. Now he's on to question two. Well, what do you do? And how do you do it? Tell me about it. Because he wants to know, can I trust you? And then uh, once he concludes, I can trust you, he'll, she can say, well, why don't we have, schedule a meeting to talk about your situation? And that will lead them to, to uh, where he's going to want to know, well, is what, you, what do you recommend for me? And then is what you recommend right for me? And uh, that, in her case, it could be a proposal. You know, for, there are different ways that that you're actually going to lead that sales conversation and lead it to an offer. Um, I can give a few more examples that I I have here on on. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, down. we can get into examples. But what I want to just sort of do is is sort of come back and and summarize that what you've just gone through there as well. It shows how it fits into everything that you do. So you've got that, that, that the simplicity, the the simplicity on the far side of complexity, and. You've used the same sort of framework to come up with how you do a message, the same as you would describe effectively a system to actually then sell it. And that means that you're so clearly focused on what you need to do. And it's only about, right, what's the next step? And I need to get this message, this system, this whatever it is that I'm trying to do. I need it to do three things because I'm, I'm that kind of person. I, I overcomplicate the crap out of a lot of things. And I, and, and I, you know, I try to be too clever or, or think I'm being clever when actually, the cleverest thing to do is stop trying to be clever and just get back to basics and simplicity. And when you have that sort of framework, which and it's not easy. So no, you know, it's, not. Course, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not, it's not you. It's, it's not easy. It, it no. requires work. So go on. Sorry. Well, no, because we, we human beings are by nature of, of wanting to grow, wanting to be faster, better, stronger, all that kind of thing. We think that it needs something infinitely more advanced than what is actually in front of us now. What you end up with is a mind full of rubbish. And that means that you are going to be diverted by the next shiny tactic because that's giving you the promise that it will be the thing that you need to do. And I mean, have you found, like knowing what you know and the experience you have, the clients that you work with, what do you think are the, the hidden, the real hidden dangers underneath a lot of your ideal clients or potential clients that you help underneath the surface that is just lying there dormant? that you are aware of, but they, they can't see because they don't have this clarity. If I understand your question, I mean, the, the hidden danger is really running in many different directions and, and not recognizing that, that you do not need to do all those different things. You need to be really good at one, you know, one simple process, one plan, one tactic. And once you've got that running like a smooth running machine, you can add another one, another on-ramp, so so to speak, add another lane to your highway if you want, but you're building onto something that's running nicely and smoothly. Hmm. Let's say, for example, then uh, you have a conversation with someone and and they're thinking about doing some work with you, but they sort of go, well, actually, I'm I'm doing all right at the moment. Things are going okay. Um, Maybe I don't need this. You know, my my business has been going for a few years and I'm getting some good referrals or something like that. Is do you see something in that kind of response that would? Well, you know, for sure, that, that's you know, um, 
the question that person really needs to reflect on is, am I saying that out of fear or am I saying that because it's honestly true? Uh, and even if it is honestly true, we always need to be in the process of taking a leap or figuring out what the next leap is. And really what that, what that means to me is, is doing something that I know I should be doing this next and it scares me because I don't know how I'm going to make it work. I'm putting something on the line and it scares me. Very few people are willing to do that. Most people are aiming to be comfortable. Most people, they're, they're, they want to get their business up to a point where I don't have to worry about it anymore. I think that's, that's something that life doesn't seem to want to accept that for most of us. We're always going to be challenged. We're always going to be pushed beyond what, you know, our comfort zone. There is a, a very small percentage of people who say to life, as, as I see it anyway, they say to life, I, I, I get it. I know I'm going to be pushed. Let me at least choose some of those areas where I'm going to uh, push myself so I don't need to be pushed as much. And they will say, okay, I'm going to raise the bar for myself. Here's this something that I know that I really do. If I'm honest with myself, I want to do this. I want to go in that direction. I want to set this as a, a target, as a goal. But it scares me tremendously. And yet I, I, my gut tells me it's the right thing to do. My brain is arguing, trying, giving every argument, every logical reason why I shouldn't. But my gut says that's what you should do. In that case, you need to learn to follow your gut and give your brain a better job. Tony Robbins always talks about ask your brain a better question, right? As he says, if you ask your brain, how come I'm so fat? Your brain will say, because you're a pig. If you ask that same brain, how can I lose weight and enjoy the process? Your brain will give you ideas on how you can lose weight and enjoy the process. That same brain that's coming up with all the reasons why you should not do what your gut tells you to do. Um, give it a different question, give it a better question. And, you know, and but that's the thing. Question that the future you that you want to be would ask, exactly. you ask yourself rather than, you know, exactly. the, the one that's yeah. sitting in that comfort zone right now. And you know, I'm, I'm happy where I am. I want to get it to this point and I don't want to have to worry about it, but that's not the way, as you say, as, as human beings work, it's like, if you have kids, if you're a parent, they don't just get to 18 and then suddenly you go, all oh, right, I've done my job and I can stop worrying about them. I can imagine mine are, you know, five months and three. So I don't have, you know, that level of experience, but I can absolutely imagine that's, that's what it'd be like. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that I could sort of ask you about, want to talk to you about. The irony of, of, of not wanting to touch on things like tactics is because we've been talking sort of much more broad strokes and, and things. But I know you have things like you, you like using joint ventures, for example. That's one of your key tactics that you use. Um, there are so many other things that we could touch on and, and, and maybe we'll be fortunate enough to welcome you on, a, on another day, Dov. Yeah, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on. I've, I've very much appreciated it. Thanks yeah. for having me. Good conversation. Uh, I, I hope so. I did most of the talking, so. Yeah, no, well, I... I I'm, I'm, I'm usually worried about that. Happy. I'm more than happy to let you talk because uh, you, you're the one with the insight. So, um, though, for anyone that hasn't come across you before, they want to find out a bit more, is there any way that they should uh, to go to go and check out what you do? Yeah, so um, I, I want to uh, suggest the, the following. We have a what I call my manual which I sold for $97 for five years. It's called How to Systematically and Consistently Attract First-Rate Clients. And like I said, this was not written to give away. We sold it for five years for $97. But I'd like to give it away to your listeners at dovegordon.net forward slash Adam King in your honor, Adam. Uh, 
So that's uh, D-O-V-G-O-R-D-O-N.net, N-E-T, forward slash Adam King, A-D-A-M-K-I-N-G. And uh, there they can get a, a copy. And, and you'll continue to get some more, some, some more material from me, and you can unsubscribe anytime. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll we'll put a link to that in the show notes in case uh, people are um, on treadmill or. Um, You've been a subscriber for many years, so you'll, you know. I mean, I, I I I highly recommend you go and get this because I've read that probably three or four times now, um, and I get something new from it every time. Yeah, go and uh, go and check it out. Get that, and then dive into to Dov's mind because that's effectively what uh, what you get there, and um, you'll uh, you'll get so much from it. Thank you ever so Thank much you. for coming on. It's been a and it's a genuine honour. I guess all that's left to say at the end is, um, Dov, happy fishing. Thank you, Adam. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please help spread the word by telling a friend or simply subscribing and leaving an honest rating and review. It not only helps the show, but it also helps other business owners find the podcast so they too can start to catch more clients. So thanks for listening and see you next time.